and you're on right now with Jim Dawes. Your daily journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. Coming to you on the Mojo 5 radio network and streaming on demand on iHeartRadio, iTunes, TuneIn, Spreaker, and Spotify. Follow me on Twitter at RightNowJimDawes. And shoot me an email at RightNowJimDawes at gmail.com. The website is JimDawes.com. And you can leave a voicemail here at the studio at 772-245-0750. That number is 772-245-0750. Leave your questions or comments there and we'll use your call on the broadcast. So I've been listening the last, uh, the last 24, maybe even 48 hours, as all the talkers, including Rush and uh, Levin and everybody else, are all saying that Donald Trump set this up, that he, he uh, tricked the Democrats into rallying around the squad, the Marxist uh, group of freshman House members, uh, and that uh, he, he lured them into doing this. I'm not so sure about that. I think uh, I think this guy is kind of crazy like a fox, and he truly was uh, personally offended by a lot of their statements, and uh, and just uh, acted impulsively and went after them. But uh, whether he intended it or not, it has had that desired effect because uh, at this point, Nancy Pelosi, uh, who had pushed back just a little bit on the squad, uh, you know, to try to establish that she was the one with the gavel. Um, to which, you know, they promptly uh, responded by calling her a racist. Uh, Nancy Pelosi has once again been forced to embrace these women and as have uh, all of the rest of the Democrat caucus because the day before yesterday, they voted unanimously, the Democrats did, to condemn the president's tweets, uh, which was basically, um, you know, them uh, defending they're, um, they're Marxist colleagues, and I say Marxist because that's exactly what they are. And I'm getting kind of tired of, uh, you know, people being so imprecise in their language and referring to these women as socialists. Yes, they are socialists and communists. Well, yeah, I guess they would be communists if they had the opportunity to do that. But the, the ideology that they're driven by, first and foremost, is uh, Marxism and cultural Marxism. Uh, they don't understand the economics of all this. What they really ex, uh, excel in and what are, they're expert at is playing uh, the cultural Marxism identity politics. They've learned, and it didn't take long, it, it doesn't take long, that if you call people a racist, you get what you want. And uh, this is uh, this is something that has been working in this country for well, more than a generation now, because uh, people are just deathly afraid of the kiss of death of being called a racist. Well, they used to be. They're not so much anymore because the the whole accusation has sort of lost its uh, its power. But uh, these women have have learned that uh, you know because they are so called women of color. We're of color. They like to throw that term around. It's so insulting to everybody else, especially to white people. And, uh, you know, it, it has a, uh, a tactic to it by calling um, people of color, everybody that's not white, then you isolate the whites and you make everybody else a coalition against the whites. 
and somehow you have stripped white people of any claim to color. We're just bland and monotone, I guess. But, um, you know, you'll never hear anybody analyze it like that, uh, although, you know, if they keep using it, 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 it's becoming more and more apparent to uh, average everyday people, you know, what the game is being played. But um, Trump, you know, with this tweet, whether it was intended or not, I'm not so sure it was. I think he may just, uh, by nature, exercise in creative uh, or excel in creative destruction. But uh, he has indeed caused the Democrat Party to rally rally around these uh, four Marxists and has one, once again uh, relegated Nancy Pelosi into the background. And <laughs> there was no more... Uh, Beautiful illustration of this, where when Nancy Pelosi rallied her troops onto the floor of the House of Representatives to defend these four little Marxists, she actually uh, got carried away with herself and broke the House rules and was, uh, you know, uh, barred from speaking for the rest of the day on the House floor. And uh, it was just a, a, the timing could not have been more perfect at the same time. The Democrats are rallying around these people, um, these Marxists. The president is getting ready for his his um, rally in North Carolina where he can really hammer home what exactly has transpired here. And you've got this uh, Geico caveman-looking fellow, Al Green, um, taking a personal privilege to demand a vote on the House floor to impeach the president. It was. It's all just been very beautiful to watch, as as far as just you know raw naked politics. It's been sad uh, for the nation that you know the House of Representatives can't get anything done. They can't pass a bill through the House that they can get through the Senate because they're so diametrically opposed to anything that would actually help the nation. That all they can do is pass uh, you know. Uh, bills to posture their social justice activism. So I'm going to get into it. Uh, you know, the first thing we're going to talk about is this impeachment resolution. Al Green, uh, I don't know if you've seen this fellow, but uh, you know he is the perfect um, representative uh, to join the squad. Uh, he is um, he is a sight to behold, man. He looks just like the Geico caveman. Although I would argue that the guy Cocaine Man is, uh, appears to be a, a little bit more intelligent than Al Green, but uh, he he d- just insisted on filing these uh, articles of impeachment on the floor, contrary to what Nancy Pelosi is trying to do. She's trying to, you know, return the Democrats to the majority in the House in 2020, uh, but the uh, the left wing of the party won't have it, and so Al Green takes this personal privilege to force a vote over Nancy Pelosi's objections. And uh, what's really interesting is he didn't do it for the Russia hoax. He didn't do it for the um, the bogus obstruction charges. He didn't do it for the emollients. He didn't do it for anything else. He did it, he said, to punish the president for his mean tweets to Omar, Tlaib, Presley, and, uh, and Ayok which is just hilarious that uh, this guy wants to impeach the president of the United States for a mean tweet. 
Here he is actually on the floor of the house uh, making his case. Because on yesterday, this house engaged in the first part of a bipartisan, bipartisan effort. It was bipartisan yesterday. Uh, but it is a bifurcated effort as well. Bifurcated because yesterday this House voted by, with a vote of 244, to condemn the president. Yesterday's vote was to condemn, first part of the bifurcated process. Today's vote is to determine whether or not we will punish the president. The effort yesterday was wonderful. I supported it. But it does not punish the president. It does not fine him. He will remain in office. Today, we will deal... Well, not only that, Mr. Green, it didn't punish the president. It actually helped the president and hurt your own party. But uh, uh, do please proceed. ...deal with the question of what his punishment should be. Today, between 4 and 5 o'clock, somewhere in there, there will be articles of impeachment voted on. This will be the opportunity for us to go on record, letting the world know where we stand. If we vote to table, we are voting not to advance impeachment. If we vote to send it to the Judiciary Committee, we're voting not to advance impeachment. I will not vote to table. I will not vote to send it to the Judiciary Committee. I will want to move forward so that we can vote to impeach. This president has committed impeachable offenses. Yesterday, we condemned him for them. Today is our opportunity to punish him for them. (laughs) Oh, man. It's so stupid it makes your head hurt. So Al Green's going to impeach the president of the United States because he sent a mean tweet to uh, a group of four Marxist communists that have been saying uh, the most hateful and vile uh, statements against uh, this nation against white people, against uh, Jewish people, just uh, out of control. If you say anything about bad about them, according to Al Green, and by the way, about 95 other uh, House Democrats have voted in favor of moving forward with this bill, then you as the President of the United States deserve to be impeached. But the, uh, the outcome of the bill just wasn't what Mr. Green had hoped for. On this vote, the yeas are 332 and the nays are 95, with one answering present. The motion is adopted. Without objection, a motion to reconsider is laid on the table. Laid on the table. That's Robert's rules of order so that the the motion didn't have the votes to proceed. Nancy Pelosi herself made the motion to table, and uh, it passed overwhelmingly. But, um, you know... The, uh, the, the, the left wing of the Democrat Party is now so far out on the, uh, the lunatic fringe that they're actually at war with what used to be the lunatic fringe, that's Nancy Pelosi of San Francisco, uh, to the point where they're, t- they're turning on her and calling her a racist. And, and Trump is putting her in the position where she's having to, to defend them. It's really quite hilarious to watch. Gail King on CBS, she's taken over the morning show, and now it is driven into the ditch and is uh, losing uh, viewers hand over fist. And as an aside, Nora O'Donnell, who took over the, the anchor chair on the CBS Evening News, has driven that in the ditch, too, over this very issue because she has um, taken to the uh, to the post-journalism standard of actually calling 
you know, the president's statement, uh, the president racist instead of, um, you know, saying that uh, experts say he's racist or uh, appear to be racist or any qualifiers. She just uh, went on the evening news, declared that the president is racist and he's saying racist things. And uh, you could hear the channels switching off throughout the nation. These people don't even realize who their demographics are. Only people watching the evening news are uh, your baby boomers and your older people who appreciate and understand, you know, journalistic standards. And they're not at all interested in listening to Nora O'Donnell, uh, you know, uh, try to pawn off her her uh, left-wing activism as news coverage. But anyway, the president uh, went on, um, and I, he has figured it out now. If he hadn't figured out what he was doing before, uh, the uh, the conservative pundits have certainly instructed him that what what effect all of this is happen, having, and he is uh, all on board with that. So he was um, he was headed uh, toward the helicopter uh, in route to this rally in Greenville, North Carolina, or is it Greensboro, North Carolina? I'm not sure. There's a there's a Greenville, South Carolina, and a Greenville, North Carolina, and there's also a Greenboro, North Carolina. But uh, anyway. He was um, he was on his way to the airport, uh, and apparently he's been studying up on uh, Omar. And Omar's got big problems because uh, it's turning out that uh, she um, most likely, by all appearances at this point, has committed immigration fraud by marrying her brother so that he could legally uh, get citizenship which would have been a bigamous marriage because she was already married to the father of her children at the time. Uh, and in addition, you know, to violating the immigration law. And there are some uh, reporters, investigative reporters are digging deep into uh, Omar at this point that say that her family, in fact, used uh, fictitious names in order to, uh, to immigrate here. And there's um, speculation, and there's sheer speculation of why they would have used a false name and may have been, um, you know, some of the people that have families that have committed atrocities during the, uh, the wars in Somalia. So when they say, you know, uh, you can go back or send her back, she may be, in fact, subjected to that. She may have committed an immigration fraud to come here and it looks like most certainly she committed their immigration fraud to get another member of her family here anyway trump's headed out to the um helicopter and uh, he makes a report of this well there's a lot of talk about the fact that she was married to a brother i know nothing about it i hear she was married to a brother you're asking me a question about it uh i don't know but i'm sure that somebody would be looking at that so the president makes a point he he didn't bring up the topic. Somebody asked him a question about it. He, of course, uh, mouthed the words, which will have a greater effect than all of the alternate media, which is uh, uh, the group that are actually covering this story. You won't hear a word. You, well, you didn't hear a word of it in the mainstream media until um, you know the president uh, uh, acknowledged it there in that uh, that soundbite. 
But the uh, the president went on to this rally in uh, in North Carolina, and uh, man, it was a, another stem winder. Uh, he he basically spent um, the majority of the time uh, hanging the squad. These uh, four Marxist activist revolutionaries around the Democrat Party, and I, I think he has basically tattooed it on their forehead at this point. And uh, and this is how he characterized them. But, you know, they don't love our country. I think in some cases they hate our country. And they're so angry. Even yesterday, they went on the stage. I said, let me watch this. And the anger, they were trying to be nice, but it's hard. It's hard for them to do that. The choice for every American has never been more clear. That's true. The Democrat agenda is anti-worker, anti-jobs, anti-citizen, anti-family, and anti-common sense. And that's the real beauty of this nexus, because it's not just these four Marxists out there on the fringe, uh, the left fringe of the Democrat Party. They have, in fact, driven the narrative to the point where uh, the the Democrat presidential um, candidates are mouthing a lot of their positions and afraid uh, to go against them, because they know that uh, a large part of the primary base that will determine who gets the nomination are adherents of AOC in particular, and they are certainly not going to let you call out Ilhan Omar for her uh, anti-American, pro-terrorist, anti-Semitic comments. So in a very real sense, the president is right. Uh, These people uh, are representative of today's Democrat Party. They're not representative of these moderates that, that... the Democrats went out of their way to get elected from red districts. But at this point, those people are just useful idiots, as Stalin used to call them, um, giving them their votes uh, so they can continue to do what the president said, and that is destroy America. Tonight I have a suggestion for the hate-filled extremists who are constantly trying to tear our country down. They never have anything good to say. That's why I say, hey, if they don't like it, let them leave. Let them leave. Let them leave. A vote for any Democrat in 2020 is a vote for the rise of radical socialism and the destruction of the American dream. That's exactly what it is all about. And, you know, if I were Trump, I would uh, I would further take that thought one step further. I'd say if they really want. Marxism, if they want a socialist utopia, there are places in this country where they can go to experience that. Uh, there's one just about um, 2,000 miles south of the border in Venezuela. They can go down there and enjoy the uh, the results of the policies that they are espousing. Hell, they can run over to Cuba and enjoy a full-fledged, mature, socialist, Marxist Utopia that they propose to bring to us. And the statements that they have made are undoubtedly anti-American. You have them calling uh, law enforcement people um, Nazis. You have them calling uh, our efforts to control our border to concentration camps. You have them calling... Um, well, here's a clip. Uh, uh, Trump is uh, at his speech last night is uh, quoting Omar directly. Omar blamed the United States for the crisis in Venezuela. I mean, think of that one. 
And she looks down with contempt on the hardworking Americans, saying that ignorance is pervasive in many parts of this country. Yep. We're ignorant. This woman that came here um, at the invitation of the United States, got a college education, sits in the United States Congress, is calling the rest of us ignorant, that offered her and facilitated her, um, her rescue. So a lot of people are saying, yeah, send her back. And uh, and during about 14 seconds of the uh, of the rally last night, the crowd said just that. Oh my God! You would have thought that it was the uh, the rallies. At Nuremberg, and you would have thought the crowd were chanting Sieg Heil. As a matter of fact, I think there were some quotes of, uh, on CNN of just that. And Chris Cuomo uh, was just about to wet his pants. You hear the rallying cry, send her back. Notice the president who says he didn't mean that didn't correct them. So forget about this dispute over what he meant. The proof here now is the silence that will tell you everything. Well, you know, when else I remember some silence? I remember some silence uh, back during the, uh, the riots in Ferguson where Black Lives Matter was uh, mounting uh, marches all across this country. Police officers were actually getting assassinated. And you had uh, these Black Lives Matter um, uh, marchers in the streets chanting this. When do we want it now? And that uh, that was going on all over the country. CNN, by that point, had totally committed itself to the the whole uh, hands up, don't shoot, bogus narrative in Ferguson, and it uh, re- resulted in riots that burned that city to the ground. They had nothing to say about Black Lives Matter chanting in the streets, "What do you want, dead cops? When do you want it now?" They had nothing to say. Pigs in a blanket, frying like bacon. But uh, now, Kumo over there at CNN has got his panties in a bunch because, uh, you know, some uh, attendees at a Trump rally said send her back. And she absolutely should be sent back because she is so ungrateful and hates this country so much. She can go create her socialist utopia in Mogadishu. That's fine. You don't come to somebody's country and immediately decide that you're going to transform it into something that's totally alien and foreign to it. This is not a Marxist nation. We do not practice Sharia law. We are not about supporting ISIS. 
And if you want to come here and and uh, enjoy the fruits of this country, great, you're welcome. But if you want to come here and support all that stuff, send her back is what I say. Absolutely send her back. So the, the motion to impeach the president failed. The president has successfully wrapped the Democrats with the uh, the squad, Al Green's their face, Ilhan Omar marrying her brother, supporting terrorists, that's their face, AOC and the Green New Deal that turns out to be a massive hoax, that's the Democrats. And whether the president meant to do it or he just uh, happens upon this stuff and, ca- and causes fissures in his opponents, I'm not sure. We got to run out to a break. Stick with me for two commercials and we'll be right back on Right Now. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID 19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details. And you're back on Right Now with Jim Dawes. Daily Journal of News, Politics, and Culture from an American nationalist perspective. On the Mojo 5 Radio Network. So if there is any doubt in your mind that uh, AOC and the squad are now the face of the Democrat Party and Nancy Pelosi has been relegated to obscurity, relative obscurity, I'll let you hear this uh, this clip. Where is it? Oh, Tom Perez, the head of the Democrat National Committee, former Labor Secretary under Barack Obama. I had some dealings with him and found him an, uh, a supremely unimpressive man. But uh, here is John Berman on CNN asking whether or not they, in fact, want um, to embrace Omar and the things she said. Do you feel that these four women are somehow a liability for your party? Uh, These four women and everyone in our Democratic caucus reflects the remarkable, rich diversity of the Democratic Party. Our diversity is our greatest strength. Our unity is our greatest strength. And our unity is Donald Trump's worst nightmare. Well, the diversity that he's talking about is the difference between these uh, these moderates that got elected in pro-Trump districts that uh, the Democrats rely on for their majority in the House, who claim to support gun rights, for instance, who at, at, at times 
uh, or for, you know, reasonable restrictions on abortion that, uh, that are free enterprise, sort of mainstream. They, they chose a lot of former military um, candidates. And these far-left um, squad members who it will admit outright to you that they are socialists. And when they say socialists, what they mean are Marxists. They are from the ideology that resulted in, during the uh, 20th century, the murder over, of over 100 million people trying to impose this, uh, this authoritarian ideology in the Soviet Union and China and Laos and Cuba and North Korea and now Venezuela. It's been a failure every place it's been tried, but they want to try it again. So if that's the diversity that Tom Perez is talking about is the strength of the Democrat Party, I'd like to see just how powerful they're going to be when they come to the election in 2020. If these Democrats had any sense, they would repudiate these four members instead of putting them into the driver's seat. But they can't do that, you see, because they're people of, they're women of color. They're of color. And if you're of color in the cultural Marxist rule book, you are immune from criticism or consequences. And anything less than that is racism. (laughs) Oh, man, it's hilarious to watch how they've tied themselves into knots. There's a commentator, Abby Phillips, that uh, appeared on CNN and tried to explain to the uh, uh, to Berman and Como what exactly is going on here. The president has successfully unified the Democratic Party uh, in opposition to him, which has been the, the key unifier for the last two and a half years. But on the other hand, there is some heartburn, and probably rightfully so, that they're not going to be able to control the simplicity of the president's message, which is that uh, that the Democrats are embracing socialists and communists and anti-Semites. Uh, all of that is an oversimplification, but this is how the president operates. It's in tweet-sized bites and things that he can then take to his rally tonight, which we'll see. Uh, and uh, and make this about do you love America or do you hate America? That's going to be a hard argument for Democrats to counter. It is a hard argument for them to counter because they're trying to have it both ways. They're trying to say, oh, they don't represent us, but they're not doing anything to repudiate or push back on them. And the first time any of that happened, when Nancy Pelosi pointed out that they're you know uh, that they're popular on Twitter, but they're uh, just freshman Congress women that just got here a few months ago. She was promptly called a racist, and um, Gail King, who has driven the morning show at CBS into the ditch, uh, interviewed them and tried to give them the opportunity to apologize for something, anything. And all of them steadfastly refused to do it. You had uh, uh, Omar that refused to apologize for her anti-Semitic statements. You had uh, uh, Aok, I mean um, Presley refusing to apologize for her racial statements where she insisted that if you're black, you have to speak with a black vo- uh, voice, which means that you have to speak with a voice that uh, puts your race first and foremost. And if you're brown, you have to speak with a brown voice. And if you're gay, you have to speak with a gay voice and blah, blah, blah. The cultural Marxist identity politics. And then the real kicker, what was really entertaining was she asked Tlaib 
if she had any regrets about, uh, you know, the squad characterizing Nancy Pelosi as racist. And she said, absolutely not. We don't apologize for anything Nancy Pelosi needs to know when she's talking to us. She needs to understand that we are of color. And if she wants to uh, discuss something with us, she can make an appointment. She can ask for a meeting with us. So, <laughs> so Talib seems to understand exactly what the power dynamic in the Democrat caucus is at this point. If the speaker of that, the Democrat speaker of the House, wants to say anything contrary to what the squad has to say, she needs to ask for a meeting and get that cleared first. I wish I had that clip. I looked for it, uh, but I couldn't find it. It seems like it's been scrubbed off of uh, social media and uh, and Google. But um, if I find it, uh, I'll play it for you uh, tomorrow. But yeah, this is this is all part of this double standard, you know. Uh, if if um, if a, a white Catholic schoolboy uh, makes a face that is unpleasing while an old man beats a drum in his face, then CNN and MSNBC and Washington Post and the New York Times they go on a three-day meltdown where they're calling for the expulsion of the children and and uh, the celebrities out in Hollywood are calling for them to be, you know put into a wood chipper. But you have uh, an Antifa domestic terrorist take a weapon to a uh, ICE facility in Tacoma, Washington, and try to blow it up. Quoting the words from AOC and the squad about, uh, you know, ICE facilities being concentration camps. And CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times and the Washington Post, they're not even interested in it. No coverage. No coverage. A domestic terror attack. You know, when you got a Bernie bro that uh, takes a, an AR-15 to a uh, Congress, GOP congressional baseball practice, tries to commit mass assassination, well, Bernie Sanders is not to blame. But they want to blame everything on Trump. When Trump supporters are basically, you know, just uh, just using, uh, pushing back on this hateful rhetoric that's been they've been targeted with. What do you want, dead cops? When do you want it now? Here's uh, here's this clip uh, with Talib saying she's not sorry. Congresswoman Talib, do you regret it was your first day, and you called the president of the United States? You said, "I'm going to, we're going to impeach that MF." Mm-hmm. Do you think that that kind of language is helpful? And what did you hope would come of that? No, I mean, I, day? from day one, I truly believe that he has committed impeachable offenses. And me, you know, but even if you believe be, that, the fact cursing, that you called him, I didn't do it on the House floor, and I'm going to be unapologetic in myself. Seventy percent of Americans curse. I'm real. Mm-hmm. This is who I am. I'm rooted in where. I come from, and it's very common for me and for many of my residents to say things like that. But so you for, don't for regret? Folks, you don't absolutely regret that. not. I'm apologetic about it. I'm definitely, definitely going to push forward and saying we have to impeach him. But I get I think- so. You might think that somebody who uttered that vile, vicious, disgusting word uh, might take the opportunity on national TV to sort of try to uh, redeem themselves and uh, apologize, but no. She's not even going to apologize for that. And the the four horsemen of the apocalypse yesterday in that interview absolutely refused to apologize for anything. 
So they're unrepentant. The Democrats own them. And while we're touching on the, the subject of language, if anybody's listening that has the president's ear, you need to tell them to stop using the GD word. He used it twice at that rally last night. And there's uh, evangelicals that support him across this country that don't want to hear the Lord's name taken in vain. I know people do that in private conversation too, but you don't do it at a campaign rally. You ought not to do it at all, but certainly not at a campaign rally. Man, oh man, the left wing. I mean, if you if you go on Twitter and you see just how agitated the president have got the Democrats and the left-wing idiots out in Hollywood, it is truly amazing. And they don't realize just how unattractive and how unhinged they sound and how disconnected they are from the realities in this country that is economically prosperous, at peace, the president's trying to solve problems that were uh, created throughout decades of um, mismanagement and poor leadership from the establishment in the Democrat and the Republican parties. And instead, <laughs> they want, they want to uh, give us these, uh, these radical Marxists and give us Joe Biden to take us back to the future. It's, it's really quite amazing. He had Donnie Deutsch on uh, on MSNBC yesterday. If you don't know who Donnie Deutsch is, he's he's an ad man who sort of is expert at manipulating public opinion. He appears on Morning Joe a lot, and uh, he has been trying his mightiest, you know, for the last three years to turn people against Donald Trump. It's failed, and he's he's gotten more and more shrill and more and more desperate. He can't accept the fact that people just aren't, you know, buying it, that they don't live in this Manhattan bubble where he's from. And uh, and so he has basically given up on the deplorables, he, trying to convince them. And he's taken his argument directly at uh, his own group now. He's saying, if you're white and rich like me, you cannot be for this uh, this orange man. Trump, it's like you're going like this and own it. No more of these good for the economy. No more well, the world jerks. He just says these things. We are headed to such a dangerous place. And guess what? I don't know whether to continue on with this clip or not. It uh, sounds like there's uh, kids in the playground in the background, but uh, I'll give it another shot here. And if it uh, if it doesn't uh, improve, we'll uh, we'll cut it off. You look at history, it can happen here. Maybe it's the Jews. Oh, 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 I forgot. His daughter is married to a Jew. Who says? Who says? You know, I come from a... Yeah, I'm not going to force you to listen to that. What he what he says in that clip is that uh, basically Trump is another Hitler. <laughs> because he he told Omar, and uh, if, if she doesn't love this country, if she hates it as bad as she says she does, and t- Trump is taking her at her word, if she hates it that bad... She can leave. She most certainly can leave. But Donnie Deutsch says uh, these white people are going to have to determine whether or not they want to continue to prosper economically 
under this president or if they're willing to throw all that over to, to try to uh, avoid being embarrassed by these uh, these deplorables that had the nerve to shout send her back at Trump's rally last night <laughs> They're acting like that is just awful. Just awful. That is Nazi Germany. How can they do that? You know what? That's how people talk. If she doesn't love this country, nobody made her come here. Nobody made her uh, accept the hospitality that this country plucked her out of that uh, refugee camp to offer. And it every indication is that... Uh, her family may have exercised immigration fraud in order to get here. And she may in fact have to go back because one of the punishments for committing or getting gaining citizenship through fraud is you have your citizenship revoked and you're deported. Oh, whoa, God, wouldn't that be beautiful? That would be a truly wonderful thing. So where do we go from here? There is so much news. You know, Tom Steyer, the the billionaire uh, that's been spending, I think he spent about $100 million in order to try to convince people to impeach the president. And he's desperately, uh, you know, trying to buy off enough Democrat politicians to where he can get the, the president impeached. He's thrown his hat into the ring. Um, he, he watched those uh, those first... Democrat debates, and he determined that there's nobody up there that can beat Donald Trump, and he's the man for the job. He's just got one little problem. Tom Steyer is basically, he earned his left-wing chops as a a climate alarmist, uh, you know, somebody that demands that we do something to avoid Armageddon in the next 12 years. Well, Peter Schweitzer, the investigative reporter over at Breitbart, does he work for Breitbart? I don't think he does work for Breitbart, but he is uh, closely associated with uh, with Steve Bannon. Um, but he's done a little bit of digging into Tom Steyer's background, and it turns out that Tom Steyer made his billions, wait for it, through funding coal plants. <laughs> oh, man. The defining characteristic of these left-wing lunatics is hypocrisy. So he wants the rest of us to get out of our cars, to heat our homes with solar. If the sun doesn't shine, then we just freeze. But he made his fortune, so he gets to fly around on his private jets and his uh, chauffeured SUVs. He made his fortune by financing the, the construction of coal plants in Australia and China and Indonesia. Maybe uh, maybe by the time he gets to the debate stage, somebody can ask him about that. Those uh, those Hollywood uh, celebrities are out there uh, handing out money, and they haven't really settled on a candidate. And so what they're doing is they're all hedging their bets and uh, and contributing to uh, multiple candidates in order to try to you know, make sure that uh, they all stay up there on the debate stage. And I think that's just hilarious. And I would like to take today as an opportunity to point out to you that I am still tied with Beto O'Rourke for the Democrat nomination. I don't know how much money Beto O'Rourke has, has spent, most certainly millions of dollars at this point. 
and he is still polling at 0%. So even without campaigning, without spending a dime, hell, without even declaring my candidacy for the Democrat nomination, I am tied with Beto O'Rourke. And I think I ought to get some credit for that. I really do. <laughs> oh, my God. You wonder who, who, who the first candidates to, to fall will, uh, will be. Marianne Williamson, the self-help author that uh, famously told Trump that uh, she is going to conquer him with love on that field of battle. Sounds somewhat sexual to me, but okay. She has actually uh, pulled ahead of, uh, of some of the big names in the race. Let me, let me think if I can, uh, Oh, she is right behind um, uh, Pete Buttigieg at this point. So you've got uh, Biden, Kamala Harris, Warren, Sanders, Buttigieg, and now Marianne Williamson. Who wants to defeat Trump with love? She's the love warrior. That is fabulous. Mayor Pete has raised more money than any of the other Democrat candidates. He's got a real problem because uh, blacks that are so important in the Democrat primaries ain't about to vote for a homosexual. (laughs) And uh, and they're trying to finesse that little bit of... um, what would you call it? Intolerance among the most important Democrat constituency by claiming that, well, the reason they're not going to vote for Mayor Pete is because a white cop in South Bend, Indiana, shot a black perpetrator that was trying to kill him with a knife. They don't quite see it that way, but that's what happened. So Mayor Pete can have all the money he wants, but he's not getting through South Carolina. He may be able to get through Iowa and New Hampshire, but he's not uh, he's not going to go uh, do well in any place where you know there are large black um, majorities in the uh, the Democrat uh, primaries. Hey, it turns out that uh, Mexico now that you know uh, they've signed this agreement with the United States that uh, they uh, that um, the United States can send asylum seekers back to Mexico to await for their um, their adjudication. Mexico's not so crazy about these uh, these um, illegal immigrants setting up house in their cities either. So a survey um, about six months ago said, uh, you know, the Mexicans said that uh, unauthorized illegal immigrants placed a burden on on uh, Mexico about 22%. That was when, you know, they were just walking through into the United States. But now that they're having to house, feed, and educate these people and, and deal with the crime and everything else they bring, turns out they're not so crazy about it. That, that poll uh, that was updated just the other day finds that about 67% of them agree with that statement. So when they become the you know the final destination for these people, it turns out that they uh, they don't like it any better than the Americans do. Mm-mm-mm. Elizabeth Warren actually came out with a um, uh, a detailed. 
plan. This is what she's famous for is putting putting out, you know, position papers. And uh, one of her other economic position papers got some play on Tucker Carlson's show uh, where Tucker had to admit that she had a point. And it was that corporate America was raping, um, you know, working people in this country had been um, by offshoring their production and um, and their quest for cheap labor. Well, now she's got a, um, a plan out that uh, points out what private equity firms, uh, these corporate raiders like um, like Mitt Romney ran when he was at Bain Capital, have been doing to American uh, companies and jobs and prosperity. So she released this plan um, where she points out that uh, private equity has been going in, uh, buying up these, you know, borrowing money to buy firms and turning around and uh, transferring that debt that they used to buy the firms onto the firm while at the same time raiding their pension funds, selling off their real estate, and basically loading up, up with so much debt after they've raided all of their assets that they ride off into the sunset and leave a bankrupt organization in their wake. It's exactly the model that uh, Mitt Romney developed when he was at Bain Capital. This year they're on, on a track to invest over a half a trillion dollars. And what they will do is turn around, they'll, bar- they'll borrow that money, they'll buy the company, they'll transfer the debt onto the company, they'll charge the company hundreds of millions of dollars in fees every year to extract the capital from the company. They'll sell any real estate that the company owns. They'll transfer that to themselves. Then they'll lease back the property from themselves so they can get even more of the company. They'll basically just drive the company into the ground, very similar to what they did to Toys R Us or HR uh, Manor Care or Friend Lou's Restaurants or any of a you know, unlimited number or uh, uh, innumerable companies throughout this country that they did it to. And now you have Mitt Romney in the United States Senate from Utah lecturing the rest of us about morals. He's literally living off the riches that he stole from working people, stole their retirement, stole their health care, stole their jobs. Corporate raider was the term they used to use for it. Now they call them private equity. But uh, Elizabeth Warren's come out with a plan to address it. And one of the parts of the plan is that the company cannot transfer the debt that they use to acquire the company to the company they acquired. That they have to wait at least two years before they sell assets and transfer the proceeds to themselves. So it's a big bill, and I'm, I, I wish, I wish that there were a Republican senator that had came up with this bill, and I certainly hope that there are some Republican senators that, that support it. He had Peter Thiel on uh, Tucker's show the other night, and he was uh, he was talking about uh, you know the United States, the FBI, or the CIA need to investigate Google because it appears that Google is in bed with the communist Chinese dictatorship at this point. They're helping them um, develop their artificial intelligence programs. 
while at the same time steadfastly refusing to work with the U.S. military. But Peter Thiel pointed out at the time that the, the greatest threat to um, as a candidate for the Democrats is Elizabeth Warren. Because she has actually taken some of this stuff seriously. She's way far out on the left wing for me. I disagree with her about 90% of the time. But on this, this bill uh, that she's put together, or this plan that she's put together, to rein in the avarice and greed of these private equity firms, she is absolutely right. And this is what happens when you, um, you know, allow yourselves to be bought off. Then you can't push back against this, these kind of plans. So the criminal case against Kevin Spacey uh, for groping that young man at a bar in um, Nantucket has been dropped. Turns out the young man doesn't want to testify against Kevin Spacey at all. He's made himself unavailable. I wonder why. Could it be that he received a big old fat check? Well, he doesn't have to say. This is exactly what happened in the Michael Jackson cases. The way he got off is the, the kids refused to testify against Michael Jackson because he had paid them and their families millions of dollars. Can you imagine being a parent of a kid that you allowed to be molested by Michael Jackson taking money in order to avoid justice? It's fairly despicable. But it's also what will happen, I predict, in the, uh, the Weinstein cases. The checkbook will come out and a lot of these women will decide that they no longer want to testify against Weinstein. And it'll probably happen in the uh, the Epstein cases as well. They're going to have to figure out some sort of strategies to prevent this from happening. People ought not to be able to use the uh, criminal justice system uh, in order to um, get paid off. Out in Berkeley, California, they have banned the use of the word him or her or he or she. And they're no longer even allowed to use the term manhole anymore. And in Portland, Oregon, they're uh, considering laws to uh, ban people from wearing masks. I predict that that law will go nowhere because Portland, Oregon is the headquarters of Antifa. Well, that takes us to the end of this edition. I want to thank you for joining us and invite you back here again tomorrow, right here on Right Now. On the Mojo Five O Radio Network. This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. Whether you have your own bathroom or you share one with your family, a little extra help keeping the bathroom sink, counter, and mirror clean goes a long way. And Viva Paper Towels are for the long haul. 
They're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. And they clean like cloth, helping you keep the surfaces in your bathroom dry and fingerprint and toothpaste free. For an exceptional bathroom clean, there's Viva Paper Towels. Visit vivatowels.com to learn more.